Hey there, this is your host V. I'll be representing Creative Block at WonderCon 2023. If you want to hang out, talk everything animation, and get a free Creative Block button, come and say hi at table B25 in the Artist Alley. So see you on March 24, 5, 6 in Anaheim for WonderCon 2023. See ya! everyone welcome to creative <laughs> block i'm your host v and i am your host sean glaze aka lord spew uh that's my uh, alter ego on the internet we interview people in creative industries about their life work and hobbies while we doodle jam we asked people on Twitter and Instagram if they had specific topics they wanted us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. Today, we have with us Bree Henderson. I would love to yes. ask you a little bit about your experience with Creative Block. <laughs> That's the name of the show. <laughs> I have no experience with the show. <laughs> um, uh, like my own Creative Block and like... How, I get How do you deal with creative block and maybe what is it? What does creative block look like for you? Oh. And maybe how, what are some techniques? What are the life hacks behind how you combat it in this in this warfare that we wage against oh our own minds? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, I will start by saying uh, do not do as I say and absolutely do not do as I do. Uh, when I teach my students, I try to. I try to be an example of like I don't want you to be like me. Uh and like, draw smart drop horns. <laughs> drop horns. Drop horns. Let's go. Where the bitch at? I pull them out. <laughs> not literally in the not the class. Not we're talking about class. the drawing drawing them pull them out of the page. I mean you can do it in a class if it's a nude figure drawing class, but whatever, you know, we don't talk that's about true, that. That's true, that's true. <laughs> Have you um, ever been in a life drawing class where, like, the model wasn't entirely nude, where they were oh, like, yeah, mm. absolutely. I've been uh, in school. We did all of that. Uh, we did nude figure drawings all the way from freshman year all the way up to like advanced clothes figure drawing three with our uh, like the director of our department in our last year. But That's you have to be good. You have to you have to like get into that class, and I got into that class because I was good. Yes. <laughs> We love to hear That's it. Such ah. a shit. <laughs> but actually, what, what do you do when you don't feel good? Yeah, when you so, don't. <laughs> when I when I'm struggling with a creative block, well, I I'll be really candid about my mental health. I am an artist with bipolar two, and uh, I started this pandemic pre medicated, and so BP two comes with a lot of highs, which we call hypomania. And during that time, which, you know, our highs and lows last about, you know, a couple of weeks at a time, uh, depending on the individual or whatever. But, but uh, you know, there's, there's a high that you ride that will make you feel like you can survive getting shot by a bullet. And I wish that, I wish that that was hyperbole, but it's, it's not, you know? And so that sort of mindset is what led me to 
like working three films at a time because I could, because COVID said I could, because my mental health said that I could. And so at that time I had no artist block. I had no creative block. I was just going and going. And so when the creative block does hit, it's like a whole black market crash. It's the worst feeling in the world when I have nothing to give. I can't draw. I can barely critique. It's mm. not fun. Uh, like this past, mm, probably since just after Lightbox, I haven't really drawn my, very much of anything. You scroll through my, my mm. Twitter, you don't see very much art. And that's been me uh, quite literally, yeah, having a creative block. And my therapist has has really uh, put in a lot of effort in changing my mindset about that, about like that uselessness that you feel when you can't draw or that lack of, you know, the lack of the juggernaut in you that makes you stay up all night, that sort of atrocious mindset that you had all throughout school, right? That got mm -hmm. you to the top of your class and you drag that with you into the industry. Obviously it gets you work. Obviously it gets you known, mm -hmm. but when that stops or, you know, when you have to stop, then what do you have? It feels like you have nothing, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's an abysmal feeling. You feel useless, actually. Like tying your self-worth to your work. Absolutely. Yeah. I had yeah. this mindset all throughout school that if I slept, I was wasting time. If I slept, mm -hmm. I was not working. If I slept, I was not learning. And so I, I already have insomnia due to like my, just the, just the whole overwhelmingness of my mental, the, the bigness of my brain does not allow me to sleep. <laughs> and, and so I, I would use that like really uh, to my advantage and I would never sleep. And instead I would just work and draw and draw and work. And um, there needs to be a limit. You know, you have to, you have to stop. And you have to allow yourself, you, honestly, you have to allow yourself to have creative block. You got to be okay with that. Because if you don't, and you're not familiar with having creative block, that shit will blow up in your face mm. and you won't know what to do with it. And it'll, it'll ruin you, you know? So mm. I try to, like for anyone that I talk to about, you know, not being able to pull art out of their ass or whatever, it's just like, dude, that's fine. Do something else then, you know? Like I, I have, I struggle with being able to keep hobbies. Um, I have maybe about a hundred or so plants. That's no longer a hobby. That's become a lifestyle. And, uh, <laughs> for a long time, that was all I had, uh, due to the hypomania, I would be able to pick up a hobby for two weeks and then lose interest in it completely. So mm. I would buy like hypothetically, <laughs> why are this? This is becoming a therapy talk, but it, it all ties into like how I view my art. Yeah. Uh, like, like yeah, hypothetically, art is therapy for a lot of people. It is that do it, you know. I would, I would buy. Uh, I would get really invested in macrame, and I was, I would drop like five hundred dollars on macrame shit from like, mm -hmm. uh, like just everything, and then never touch it. That's a mix of the BP two, the hypomania, and the the that that need and desire to find something outside of drawing that'll keep me creative. And now in the, in the present time, I have sewing. Like I, I've always been sewing, that's, you know, I'm a costume designer. And so I've been sewing even more as of late and that's been awesome. And, and 
I don't know. Getting through creative block is fucking almost impossible. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. It sucks, yeah. <laughs> but but it does. You do say though that a big part for you is to like um kind of have this um let it happen right you're like let it happen kind of thing and being okay with the fact that it it's gonna happen but it's not the end of the world eventually it, absolutely it, yeah it's gonna yeah. happen whether you like it or not we all go through it and i think you know i think what is extraordinarily important to remember extraordinarily extremely yeah mm -hmm. it's very important to remember that just because you're going through creative block, you need to remember you're not alone. Your best friend is probably also going through creative block. Your director is probably going through creative block. You know, it's it's a universal thing that it needs to be more universally accepted as well. Like it needs to be seen as, oh crap, I'm burning out. Oh crap, I am struggling to, you know, get through this assignment. Yeah, that's fine. Crawl into bed, take a nap. You know, gosh. What what deep. happens when you are on a project or a deadline mm. and you are in one of these states and you know that, you know, by, you know, whatever, by Friday or whatever, you need to have this design in. Uh, what is that switch or w w what do you have to do in yourself to change <laughs> the way you think in order to get yourself in that seat mm. and make those decisions and stick to them? you know, to get that design done. You know, I, I had a, an amazing line producer tell me once, and I've had a couple actually tell me once that they don't care when you get the work done, so long as you get it done, so long as you get it done within the time constraints that you get it done, like that your assignments in, they don't care how long it takes you, just get it done. And in all honesty, I would sometimes I would get an assignment and I would put it off. Like if I was really stumped, I would put that shit off until the night of. And that's a habit I have from school, but I thrive in that like tight, insane deadline that I've given myself for no reason other than I can't really work. But my, my therapist has asked me that question a lot too. How do I get through the workday with you know, the ups and downs of my, of my mental health. And, um, I just do, you just do cause you have to. Panic That's is a crazy, it's yeah. like a motivating drug that you, you inject into your brain. It's like that, like adrenaline shot to the heart, but it's just like yeah. that feeling of dread, like, ah, like <laughs> but use with caution. Only, only break the glass in case of emergency. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And then, and then obviously, obviously, you know, there's also that thought of, well, could I have handed in more work or could I have handed in better work had I done this beforehand or had I, you know, really put the time into it that I should have. And you know what? Yes. No, you never know. But you did it. You yeah. know, I think that one of the marks of being a professional artist is getting to the point where the, the work that you turn in when you're in a distressed, half-awake um, you know, Super. depressed state yeah. is still good enough mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. meet the standard. And of mm -hmm. course, you're going to have the stuff that's like, this exceeds all expectations, gold yeah. star, you know, you yeah. know, you're not getting paid any extra, but, but, you know, <laughs> but we're all really proud of you. But uh, I, I feel like that's, that's what we're all like, 
building up as far as uh, like when we train all the time, when we draw all the time, we're building up that tolerance so that even when we're not that good, we're still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the Isn't key. Isn't that amazing? That's something that's, I don't know for you guys, but that's something that's made me feel a lot better recently. I just realized mm. that like, because I've been drawing for so long, like even a drawing that's kind of like, eh, now is pretty much what would have been one of my best drawings 10 years ago. Yes. Sure. So, yeah. It's like, okay, okay. Still got this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mood. Oh my God. You ever, so I haven't, like I said, I haven't, this is the first time I've drawn digitally uh, probably since October. So first of all, thank you for shackling me to my chair to make me do this. Um, <laughs> but I was going to, I was going to draw some, uh, <laughs> I was going to draw some Last of Us fan art uh, tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think. I think what's really funny is that Facebook helps us to revisit those art pieces that we did like 10 years ago or whatever. And I got one of those memories uh, yesterday. It was <laughs> it was uh, Kedma from Haikyuu. Do you guys watch Haikyuu? The oh volleyball God, anime? I love Haikyuu. I love yes. Haikyuu. Yes. It was so oh gay. It's so fucking gay. And I drew Kedma in a, in a like a underbox corset and uh, it popped up and I was looking at it. I was like, damn, I really want to redraw this. And that felt really good. Like looking at your old work and knowing like what you can bust out now uh, in a fraction of the time yeah. in which you busted something out 10 years ago, it would take me days to even just line For something. Sure. Do you have, do you guys crazy. ever have, like, it's funny cause when I look at the art that I used to do when I was in college, it was very mm -hmm. like illustration-y and my line wasn't as confident as now because after 10 mm -hmm. years in, in the industry, you have to draw faster so your lines, lines are more tight, da-da-da. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could draw with this kind of like trembly, weird, kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, more illustrative kind of line again. I don't know if you guys have ever looked at your old art and saw equality to it that you feel like maybe not that you have lost but that isn't part of your style right now anymore how does that make you feel when you see that though how does that make you guys feel i feel like i every single line that i was drawing was imbued with fear with with mm. what like, like this fear of like um it, it, it there was this like weight to everything that I drew back then, where like everything needs to be a portfolio piece, everything Whoa, needs to yes. impress somebody, yes. and I don't yes. care about impressing somebody as much anymore. Absolutely, and it makes me fly like the wind. Yeah. <laughs> my, my hand, yeah. my hand is like a wind. You know, yeah, I'm free. Like a bird, I wanna fly away. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I don't know when I see these old pieces, I'm like. I'm just like it it's it actually kind of inspires me again sometimes I'm like oh that's interesting these are the kind of like codes that I would use I just thought it was I just think it's like an interest I just think it's nice also to look at the merits of the old art you know like yeah. looking at like how much you've evolved but also like hey that wasn't so bad or like that yeah. that was actually pretty cool I don't know what yeah. about you Brie 
Have you ever tried have you ever tried redrawing a super super old piece with like yes. how you would imagine it now? That's an I interesting have. experiment. I um can I import a photo on here? Yes. That little yeah. on the I'm left a little a, JPEG. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna add an image because I wanna show you guys something. Yes. Um, so one of the one of the stories that I've been pitching, I've been working on for, I would say, maybe about 10, 11 years now. And I had this character that I've been drawing for that length of time and always redesigning her as I got older or as I, you know, would change her storyline up and such. And I put her in a row from when I first drew her in every single iteration of her up until oh. last year. I'm going to try to find that so I can so I can post that in the in the thingamajigger so you guys can see what that looks like. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, let me see. I don't know if that'll answer the question, but... Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> I don't know, like a little red one when I get excited. <laughs> I love oh, that. Oh, wait, how do, I, how do I bring this to the front? You know what? Uh, grab that and let's go to page two so we can have a better we can we can see better on the screen um for whoever's listening on spotify or itunes i guess you have to watch the youtube video now just imagine <laughs> it just imagine just it imagine and what it. we're gonna paint uh, with words <laughs> what you should imagine and a couple of months ago i even redrew the original character with the the newer version of her so that they were standing next to each other looking like super cute but this is so cool Whoa, this is really developed yeah like, <laughs> long ways Thank i you. love that because so brie showing mm. us a pick an evolution of her main character and um in 2016 it's it's very cartoony and then in 2020 it's a lot more like semi-realistic so it's a really cool evolution. Thank you. You can see, you know, in stuff like this, you can see what you were inspired by at that time. You can see the shows that you love to watch at that time coming through your work. And it's so, you know, when it, this is not at all part of our conversation, but this makes me think of when you're a lot younger and you're trying to find your style. Yeah. And how much energy and heartache we put into trying to find what that could even mean for us. And I think something that I try to tell my students or anyone I'm giving portfolio reviews to or what have you, don't think about style when you're still worrying about your fundamentals. Like yes. your style will come later. Just be inspired by whatever you see around you, you know, and, and it's a bit of that. And you know, drawing those bones and those muscles and things like that as if you were, you know, in school or what have you. Those don't need style. That just needs practicality and and, and objectivity. Like, does yeah. is this right? <laughs> you know, and then everything else will come far after. You guys are so sweet. You're drawing my babies. I we're drawing yes. fan art. Um, <laughs> uh, you had you had the opposite evolution from me. I mm. started more realistically mm -hmm. and like, um, and then I worked towards cartoony and That's I had to I like, un yeah. I was unlearning. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Wait, but tell me about yours. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so I started out more 
drawing more realistically and I had come from like a fine art painting background <laughs> and I and it was actually like it was interesting uh like unlearning a bunch of rules like learning what mm. rules to unlearn mm. when um yeah. but it's interesting seeing your progression from going from a super cartoony stylized form to to a, a form that is more um influenced by figure drawing uh and um uh yeah just uh it's it's a more detail it's a more detailed mm -hmm. style you know i i can that is wow i love you and i want to hug you first of all <laughs> third of all we're gonna be friends thank you um so i <laughs> no, also started you. out as a fine art uh in the fine art awesome. background uh initially i started out as a fashion design student um and I did that for several years, but I went to a fine art high school. Mm. And when I when I left the fashion design department, I moved into visual development, um, which had us do, you know, heads and hands, figure drawing, clothes and nude. Uh, we did ecrochet, which is a class of um, uh, modeling out on like a 33 and a half inch Academy of Art students. You'd know what I'm talking about. It's mm -hmm. a it's a like a 33 and a half inch a uh, clay model and half of it is the uh, musculature system and the other half is the bone system and it's all math and I failed it the first time I hated that class wow uh, that's I didn't realize yeah it's like the, it's like a super anatomy plus plus yep. plus yeah like, that's yeah wow I hated that class but <laughs> but you know, it, it came with a, a lot of unlearning. You're completely right about that shot. It's just, it back then in 2016, I wanted to work for Cartoon Network. That was my mm. dream job. I didn't want to work in 3D animation. I didn't want the that this the style that I work in now, this 2020, you know, plus style. I didn't want any of that. Um, the school that I'd gone to was very... 3d feature film forward you know this is pre-netflix you know mm -hmm. uh this was still back when pixar and disney were the biggest boys in town and um and you're playing with the big boys now god mm, love Prince <laughs> anyway so, <laughs> so uh you know it, it, i had to fight for like or as it felt like it fighting for wanting to work in 2d animation and wanting to work at you know cartoon network or nickelodeon or whatever mm -hmm. and um but now <laughs> looking at the 2016 style i can't go back to that which is the hardest part like redrawing my character in that style was so difficult for me because it was just like this it's like looking at adventure time it looks easy but it's not you still mm -hmm. gotta know your bones you just it's it's hard it's hard it's hard because it's so you're not hard. um yes. like I, I feel like sometimes for more realistic styles um it's almost like we, we can design the face we can design the clothes in a special way but then i feel like i sort of go on autopilot and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm drawing what a body a body normally looks like in my head but i feel like with um more simplified or abstract styles every piece of it is a design choice and a shape choice that is uh different from what you'd see uh as as a standard like sort of default you know person that you're looking at and so how you want to represent um like you know how their legs look or how 
a thing overlaps another thing or a pattern on a a, a clothing. It's a deliberate decision to abstract something. Mm. Um, yeah, I, it's it's just it's a different way of thinking about and representing a, yeah. a, an idea. And uh, yeah, they're just they're hard things that sometimes aren't always. I don't want to say they're not compatible. It, uh, it, they're they're hard to integrate they could, because there's clashing things. Like when I draw backgrounds mm -hmm. in a certain cartoony style, I have to say to myself, like I'm forgetting. Uh, I have to forget about the uh, the perspective in this yeah. shot. This yeah. shot is warped, yes. or this shot doesn't have you know the sidewalk instead of all going back to the horizon line. Uh, we need it to be a pan that continues to the right. So we need to have all the lines going exactly the same way uh, parallel. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that doesn't work in perspective, but design wise it will. And I, I have a feeling like, uh, so uh, a, a show that I believe we have in common that we have both worked on is clone high. Um, so, uh, and, and that's uh, the hard. I think the hardest part about that show is everything is a design choice and a shape yeah, choice, and and figuring out how to lay out those backgrounds and what what's in the foreground, what is in the space cluttering around your character, what are the main shapes. That it's it's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's it's it's, it's a difficult show. That was a blast to help out on. It was a, I was on there for a super short super short stint just helping out on like one or two characters but it was very very lovely like just that uh before that all of the films that i worked on were you know almost these 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 hyper stylistic realistic you know 3d designs as they are and then and then i was you know slapped onto clone high for like a week or two maybe three <laughs> And it was a complete style reversal. Almost, yeah, back to the 2016 kind of style that I had. Angular, it was just like, angular, pointy. So angular. Complete, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, oh my gosh. Oh my great googly moogly. There was a movie that I was on um, at Netflix. It was a gorgeous film that I was on that was unfortunately taken from the slate. And it was what we were calling it the epitome of design because it broke down it gosh i don't even know how to explain it 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 broke down character design and even just just shape language all the way down to its bare bones to find out like the richest design elements in their simplest form and i've never worked on a show or a film like that ever since and it was the most awe-inspiring thing to to like watch my my art director, production designers really just be innovative. It's innovative when you pull away from these hyper-realistic styles nowadays and you really dig into like what it means to really design something, especially mm -hmm. when this film was told through the eyes of a child, right? Mm -hmm. So what can a world through a child's eyes look like? And why aren't we pushing that as much as we can? You know? So that film did. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crime that it was taken from the slate because it would have 
it, it would have done what Spider-Verse did. It would have knocked the industry off to uh, like to a kilter in a different way of thinking, in my mm. opinion. It really would have. Yeah. That's a shame. It is yeah. a shame. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of it's really interesting what you you're talking about because when we we had um Chris Mitchell on the show I forgot his episode number he kind of talks about that when he was mm. uh designing on Dexter's Lab and Summer Jack and all these shows that are like very highly designed mm -hmm. and it's true that like there's been this um kind of like recent um trend of having things more like volumetric and like realistic in space than before it was more a little bit of like a 2d kind of mm. space or like way of designing almost like upa like yeah mm -hmm. super stylized abstract UPA. oh man yeah, yeah. The, that the clone like shows like clone high the film that i was talking about they'll keep they'll keep being made they absolutely will be i think um i think the something that which is so funny to me that I feel like we're all so loud about is this return to the classics, the return to the 2D animation, which we've been trying to get back to without actually getting back to it, you know, like using Blender, <laughs> using grease paint, using uh, 2D servicing styles for 3D animation. It's like we're putting in more work than we should be <laughs> instead of just doing it. What the hell? I definitely don't point? miss storyboarding on paper, though. Because that was hard. That was hard. Uh, go, going back to the um the 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 clone high thing, I think that the the hardest thing about working on clone high for in in my experience was thinking about design and storyboards at the same time. Um, uh, because the storyboards also had to look on model and 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 the way that they moved also had to be a designy angular. Th thing mm -hmm. um and uh like there are loopy weird ways of movement that are anti that show mm -hmm. um and and, and and it's weird to think about all those things at once and i think i at some point i i i got to a point on the show where i was like i think i'm as good as i'm gonna get at drawing this style and my brain doesn't really think this way and i i know that i think that it takes me two times as long as other people that are good at drawing in this style to draw in this style. Mm -hmm. And maybe this, maybe this style just is harder for me and it isn't for me, <laughs> but like <laughs> I, 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 I worked, I worked on like five or uh, five or six episodes or something like that. Um, and uh and then i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna move on because it's really hot <laughs> it was hard on me man that show was hard on me that. i've been through that there's there was one uh there was a studio there was a there was a show that i had to take a huge step back from and remove myself from because it was at the the crux of me realizing that my mental health was getting out of control and i needed a therapist and um like at that point, I, I this was back when I was working on like several things at a time. And again, like don't ever do that. Like I had the audacity to work on two projects at Netflix while working on Spider-Verse at the same time. Oh, that's oh not wow. Healthy. That's yeah, not that's healthy. a lot. That's, a lot. that's, that's when that. I've had my biggest breakdowns. We're yes. working on multiple. Yes. Yeah, dude, D you can't. But the, the, the fucked up part is when you've got that juggernaut A style thinking mentality 
that's the most normal thing to you, you know? And even now- Have you now, turned down projects when you feel on top of the how world? How do you turn? I have turned down projects before, which makes me feel- When I when I do that, I, I always pass on a list of names that I think will be, you know, better represented for that project than I would because I can't give 100% or I'm just not interested. Um, but, you know, it's, gosh- you got to be nice to yourself in this industry because the industry's not nice to you. <laughs> yeah. People nice. are nice, but it's true that like that, that like deadlines are deadlines. Projects yeah. want work done. And at the end of the day, it, it is the product over the people I, 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 in, in some kind of a way. Like there obviously there's like a lot of ways that you can talk to production and stuff. But, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but it's true that at the end of the day, it's like, yeah. You get hired to turn in some drawings. <laughs> get hired to turn in drawings, which you sure. know, saying it like that, you would think makes it easy. Mm -hmm. And in some cases it is, you know, I, we love what we do. We do this for a reason. We put up with a shit show that the industry is for a reason. You know, there's, there's something about it, about the jobs that we do, the, the assignments we take on that still make us put the light in our eyes and make us get really fucking excited mm -hmm you know and uh but it's it's a job it is work mm -hmm. and we get paid to doodle that's what i like to say you know even if it's a like a, an intense fucking viz dev piece bitch you're doodling stop it you're yeah. cobbling <laughs> colors together like a child in the best way possible <laughs> <laughs> I'm both expressing and also compromising bits of my soul and commercializing my art form in order to scrape by a living. Honestly, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that, but like it's something that I've been kind of like, I don't know, I've had a week where I was just kind of like really feeling like, oh man, like, you know, like I'm like, I miss drawing for myself. I have like a lot of work to do right now. And I can't draw for myself because I have too much work, too much work, work. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Is drawing still fun? Do I still want to be doing this? Uh, do you guys have like moments like that when you're like, kind of like a little bit like, it's not exactly creative block. It's more like, you know, you're like, am I, am I just, did I self myself short? <laughs> just, you know? working just overdoing it on the on the work end versus yeah the pleasure and the, the reason why you got into it that hobby yeah end. i've never had that feeling actually what about you Sean? oh so so do you do you get a similar feeling doing your own work as you get when you design on other projects is that what that is that what you mean like wait wait are you saying the are you saying um do you feel like you've sold out kind of thing a little bit sometimes not mm. always but sometimes i don't know do you guys ever get that feeling like 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 the work that you're that you're doing on the clock is digging into your personal expression art time where you're making your personal stuff and you feel like guilty about like 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 you're shortchanging yourself by depriving yourself of some of that uh soul food that you need like yeah that, that personal it, me time it's not it's not so much the guilt but it's more like oh like i had you know all these hopes and dreams going in this like because it, it, it is you were kind of, you guys were kind of saying that earlier like you know the reason why we draw is kind of also a way for us to express ourselves 
and mm-hmm. sometimes when you take on multiple projects and they're all projects where you are carrying out somebody else's vision you don't express yourself in the same way that you express yourself in your personal work so then you have mm-hmm. less time to be yourself or express yourself with this kind of special gift that is drawing i guess i've i've never had that before actually so so you don't feel that so so just to just to check in with how you feel yeah uh when do do you feel a difference in when you're working on paid work versus when you're working on your personal work as Mm -hmm. far as amount of joy that you feel in the art or something i love it both i love what i do and i'll tell you why man you are so lucky you were lucky you were lucky you were lucky lucky to feel that way that's awesome yeah yeah that's great yeah and i'll I'll explain why too there are not a lot of costume designers in this industry i've moved from colorist to character to costume in a very short period of time which that's perfect for me because I, you know, I started as a fashion design major, so it's, it's exactly what I've always wanted. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys my villain origin story, you know, later, <laughs> yes. later in this podcast, so you know how I got here. But um, <laughs> I, I get such a joy ride out of doing what I do because I get to teach my team how to think like a costume designer. Uh, I was on a film on Netflix called Steps a uh, beautiful film. My housemate is one of the storyboard artists. And I, shout out to Alice, Helen, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all. Uh, best director, best producers. And um, uh, a lot of that, me being on there, you know, was research and teaching and and obviously you know costume designing it was myself amanda jolly as our character lead i adore that oh amanda's great yeah she was in spider-verse too uh, yes she was yeah yeah Yeah. she is just special just Mm. beautiful soul and then tana galovic just my gosh just the most be- and that's the thing too is I've re- I I feel so honored getting to work with some of the most beautiful people you know, and I think that also tops it off for me. But uh, uh, Amanda is the character designer, uh, character design lead, and then Tenna shared the position of character and costume, and I just had costume. And so while Tenna was also teaching, she she also had to re- like focus a lot on uh, character designing. And so with me strictly being costume, I got to do a lot of the bigger bulk of the research, which, you know, is exactly what I love to do as a fashion designer, you know, as someone who wanted to work in the fashion design industry. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I moved out to costume design, I wanted to work in the live action side of costume designing, not animation. And so my job is is a gorgeous mix of all of the things that I've ever wanted to do. So I can't help but love it because in a way it's like I've made it for myself mm. like i've created my position for myself that's, that's so really awesome great. and yeah. and it's, it seems like a rare position to be in to like i think there's only like four you're, you're others like that i know of or... yeah um marion that i interviewed on the podcast she's doing that on the k-pop demon hunter movie and it does sound like it's a very 
um rare spot yeah 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 it's so tiny there's uh oh gosh i i don't remember her name uh she was like the main character uh, costume designer over at disney and now she's over at skydance that's another phenomenal costume designer like extraordinarily phenomenal in the animation industry so we're, it's a, we're a tiny group one of my one of my mentees um uh is a costume designer in animation as well and uh there needs to be more but at the same time i like that it's kind of small uh because i think there was a time where costume design didn't really exist as a title and i, st- I don't think it still exists as a title because i think my title on spider versus character design but there was a time where the character designers were doing the costume design work. And so you get these bland, basic yes. costume designs, right? And so now that you have actual people who are coming up as costume designers, we get to focus on that while the character designers get to focus on character. And then you get the best of both worlds. Man, you should teach a costume design for animated film class in like a university or something. Oh, you have like, no I don't know if that, that exists. I want to do that. that doesn't that would exist. That would be so sick. You know how I can't tell you. Make some skill shares. (laughs) Start the lane. Start the lane yourself. You know, they hit me up. I said no to Skillshare because it's too complicated and I'm too dumb to do it. (laughs) (laughs) However, what I do do is, um, and if I, if I start teaching again, I, I would die to bring you guys on. So for a while, every couple of, uh, like every year uh, back when I was working through an so like once a year, I would ha- have uh, students that I would, you know, pull on to teach. I started out with three students and then it moved to five and then it moved to 10. My last group was about 10, I think. And um, I would do it for free because I like to give back and why monetize learning, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, create a whole curriculum like if you if i was going to teach you i don't i don't really like to teach fundamentals i will if i have to but i I prefer to teach people who just need to take their work from here to here to get in like they're so close and uh and we just spend several months together having fun getting to meet directors and producers and pas and recruiters or whatever and uh they get to learn everything they get to learn how i work you know, which is, you know, just one of billions of ways of working in this industry, but they get to see the importance of deep, respectful research throughout different cultures, uh, throughout different time periods. They get to see the importance of studying cultures pre and post colonialism to see, you know, how things have changed over the years. What can we touch as designers? What can't? we touch as designers out of absolute respect and the audacity. (laughs) (laughs) And um, that's what I do, you know, and that's, I love passing that on to others. And I think if, you know, if I were to hypothetically teach at a scholarly level, which is something I would, I genuinely want to do. I've always wanted to teach to university students, but if I were to teach costume design for animation, I would teach people how to actually pattern make and how to actually sew if they don't know how to do that just yet because as a costume designer you got to know how to do all of that especially if you're going to work in marvelous designer you have no choice but to know how to do that you know and uh, yeah 
I've had a question before from one of my producers on one of the last films that I was on when they, when they brought me on for costume design, they asked me, do I know, will I be drawing scenes and this and that and the other thing? And I had, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought that was a hilarious question because <laughs> isn't that a given? But then I realized that is not a given actually. And well, yeah, because so, I feel like yeah. a lot of people who come from animation never go that deep. Like you said, yeah. like patterns and seams. Like definitely, I don't know of many people who can do that. So it's really cool that you, you've you learned how to... So I, I always I always say that wrong, the word so, right? And <laughs> that you do it as a hobby, that like you posted yeah. a dress on Twitter yeah. that you're working on. That's yeah. really cool. And that yeah. you keep... You keep doing that. Let's see. I have a. I have a. I'll drag. I'll drag a photo into the thing for people to see. Yeah. Oh snap! I think, yeah. I think this is this is also a great segue to talk about. Mm. Uh, we love to talk about different ways that um, people get into the animation industry from uh, unorthodox roots. Yeah. And I'd love to talk about your first experience going from um fashion design to like oh like uh cartoons need fashion like like yeah. like w like how did you get your first animation job as a fashion consultant or designer or mm. how did that so come it's about? villain origin story now isn't it <laughs> yeah yes. so um so hi i'm Bree. <laughs> uh so i so I graduated high school in 2011 and uh, moved out to San Francisco to study fashion design. I did that for three years and uh, then I burnt out pretty severely. Um, I wanted to be specifically where I was trying to get to. I wanted to be a uh, an haute couture designer and I wanted to move to um, either France or London and apprentice at like a fashion house or some such but i also wanted to just be a fashion illustrator uh like erte or like george barbier like i wanted to do stuff like that that's where my home style lies actually um and so uh with that burnout came frozen uh frozen came out the same year that i was reconsidering what i wanted to do with my life i was thinking about going to cal arts i was thinking about so many different things and I watched Frozen, fell in love, saw it 30 times in probably a single week because I pirated it, of course. And oh, the <laughs> sound quality was atrocious. But, and you can't, you can't see it because it's all pixels. But I remembered uh, distinctly looking at it and going, holy shit, I can combine fashion with animation. Look at that dress, look at those outfits. And so I instantly changed my major to visual development. I thought I was going to have to change to illustration because I didn't know VizDev was a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and my school had just graduated its first VizDev department. Uh, at least that's what I was told from the advisor. And so, yeah, I switched over and uh, I carried, I, I carried all of my fashion stuff with me. And so I wanted to be a character designer specifically. I had no idea, obviously, that costume design existed in the industry. I thought it was just all the character designs doing that. And um, my portfolio at that time was very fashion forward. Like as I was building it, it was very like elaborate things that the characters would wear because obviously I spent time researching those things. And so um, 
when I was a senior, I got into spring show because I was graduating and uh, I met, gosh, I met quite a few recruiters from different studios and such. And the first studio to hire me straight out of school was Marvel. And it was a 40 hour contract. I forget those exist, but those exist. Those tiny contracts are a thing. Um, it was a 40 hour contract and it wasn't anything crazy, but that was the start to like my working harder on my portfolio and really pressing for the fact that, yeah, I want to be a character designer, even though I had like recruiters at that time tell me to go into uh, uh, background painting and background design because, you know, viz dev portfolios have everything. They are pure juggernauts, you know, characters, color, stories, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, I was shuffling all of that out of my portfolio to keep just with the character stuff. And uh, I think, honestly, I owe, and I've told him this probably far too many times, or hopefully I have, but I owe a lot of where I am now to Everett Downing. Uh, He is like the best animation uncle I could have ever asked for. He had me come onto my dad, the bounty hunter as a fashion consultant um, or a costume consultant to help him out with dad. And that was dope. I got to hang out with some of the coolest fucking people. Saw some of my friends, met some new friends. And uh, from there moved on to almost strictly doing costume work. And Mm. I don't know if I, you know, if I can owe all of that to Ev or if it was just, you know, the gods putting all of my cards in the same in the same row, uh, but that's how that all happened, and it just kind of continued from there. And I, I genuinely have no idea how people have figured me out as a costume designer, uh, <laughs> because my public portfolio is so old, and uh, it's it's all it's still costume and character based, but it's my my. Uh, <laughs> My professional portfolio is uh, <laughs> delicious, if I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how that happened. I, it's uh, kind of funny. I don't know. That's my villain origin story. It all changed because of Frozen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I also wondered, because when, when we go on your website, it says um, illustration. Have you done illustration work as well? Um, uh, professionally? Yeah. Uh, no, not professionally. No, that's, that's the stuff that I do for myself. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's the stuff that like, if I like to, I like to do those big elaborate illustration pieces that are inspired by the golden age of illustration. Like I, I, I used to tell myself or my friends that I've been born way too late for the style of illustration that I actually like to draw in. Oh, that's where all that's from. Yeah. But um, I don't know if you guys question for you guys, actually, if you were not in the positions that you are now, what would you be doing instead? Uh, I mean, uh, so, so this is like w- like maybe like without like fine art off like a- art off the table. completely. Art off the table. Yeah. Uh, I would probably be a touring and studio musician what? oh that's right yeah you do you you're you do music that's so cool yeah i um I, I don't right now i don't play in bands that would make 
money. I just do it for fun. But mm -hmm. I, I do. I probably would have gotten into uh, recording um, uh, or or um, maybe sound soundtrack 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 composition, like stuff stuff like that. Maybe. Mm. I feel like I mean I was gonna say comics, but that's kind of like really close to animation i guess but i don't know i've been thinking about writing more recently like writing book books because i feel like i don't know i it's kind of funny i think i started drawing because it was a way for me to tell stories because i wasn't as good with words than i was with pictures but i feel like mm. now i'm like ooh, maybe i just need to get better with words so i can be like i tell stories <laughs> you know <laughs> um yeah i'm yeah or maybe i don't know sometimes i think maybe i would have gone into games or robotics fight because i did pretty well in math and physics mm -hmm. i was decent well, like like battle bots like those like robots that fight each other in the ring i've never so i've never really done some of those i'm really into the kind of i'm really into the robots like stuff more like kismet the robot kismet that was like a little face you know actually that's a question that i have for storyboard artists i tend to see very similar draftsmanship fee like what's your take on different styles and boarding and things like that mm, i think mm, boarding is tough because you're not just drawn that's something i can go on a huge rant about but so there's the drawing aspect of it. Like there's a draftsmanship about like perspective and anatomy and the ability to mimic a style. But then you have to also be able to understand the style of cinematography. And if you're lucky, you have a director or a supervising director or a director, um, a showrunner that's able to put it into words. Um, for example, when I was on the Loud House, we had a style guide that was uh, express expressing how these are the kind of shots that we do. The, the, these are the way we cut. This is how we frame this. Um, but sometimes you're not so lucky and you have a, a director who doesn't really know how to explain how they want to do their shots. And you have to be able to understand the style of cinematography which sometimes can be like either they favor flat shots over depth mm -hmm. or they they favor um, profiles over front frontal, or maybe they favor a certain kind of composition. They like the two third, one third better, or they like to have everything central or like, you know, sometimes they just want to frame on the faces all the time where sometimes they're like, actually let's, let's kind of let this sit in the wide for, for, for four seconds instead of you know so that's the kind of stuff that's i think is hard sometimes mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're just trying you're adjusting so many things and you're also adjusting the type of acting like one of the biggest notes that i get when i come on a new project all the time all the time they're like you're too broad too cartoony <laughs> mm -hmm. so but it, it's it's not a bad note in the sense that it's easier for me to bring it back to to make him mm -hmm. it's easier to go from cartoony to realistic than from realistic to cartoony usually i think it's easy know, know the limit it's good yeah. to know the limits of like how, how far is too far yeah i think that um there's um a few different 
versions of a like the storyboarding style and it, it all depends on what kind of show you go on but there there are certain styles of storyboarding where the main focus is the physicality the form and the the large body acting and then mm -hmm. if there's specific face acting that's where you dial in on the face mm -hmm. um then there's people that board very very on model and very very clean and those are the people where who um they're saying basically in their boards uh to the designers use this face i drew this face yeah. use this face mm -hmm. you know uh, and and you'll see by comparison other board artist styles where basically there's just a cross drawn on the face to show the center of the face and maybe eyes and and in that case it's that's sort of indicating hey we're using you know pretty much the the generic on model face right here it's kind of the standard face no crazy unique expression needs to be put on this face or this is up to the designer have fun mm -hmm. um and i've worked in both experiences i've worked on both types of projects where uh, you you have like like for instance like uh, Rise of Team and T like mm -hmm. a a, a, sh a show like that is very it's it's about the 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 it uh, the action the camera movement the full bodies coordinating all the action and and where everyone is choreographing the fights but they're not drawing all the characters faces all the time mm -hmm. but if you mm -hmm. work on something mm -hmm. like regular show or SpongeBob or Adventure Time yeah. the designs are often simple enough. Um, and in addition to the, um, uh, oftentimes the, the jokes are also relying on facial expressions or a specific, a very specific pose that like, you know, uh, that where you, you're, you're translating to the, um, the person that's going to be cleaning up that drawing that like, I want, I, you know, this drawing should look pretty close to this drawing in the final version. And I think that there's different arguments for like, let the designers do their jobs. You know, the, you know, the, 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 the storyboard artists have taken on too much responsibility too much doing work. too many yeah. of the, the, too many of the jobs mm -hmm. and it should be spread out. But, um, I, I think that there's been a little bit of a, a shift, um, where, where like it, it used to be that the designer, that the designers were, really like holding it down and the animators were really getting a lot of liberties and now the storyboard artists are really the ones that are like they're they're trying to be held responsible for setting like all the tone and the design and the blah 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 like yeah. uh mm -hmm. to, to maybe to too much of an extent uh maybe that's not fair to and to and maybe it's not fair down the line to the other artists but those are the two sort of variations, the, the two main variations that I see. And then there's the, hey, we're, we're basically basically storyboarding with a stamp tool or a puppet. Yeah. And it, it's basically yeah. like this is, it's this is like, just going to be, they're going to plop a digital puppet down and like, that's it, you know? Yeah, that's more hmm. like layout almost. Yeah, there's like, storyboarding is like, it's tough because there's so many levels to it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's you're not yeah it's not just drawing anymore because now we're doing the layout before layout department was something else right but now since i find i i find i live with two board artists 
And as someone who's working towards being a director and wants to be quite versatile in the genres and themes that I direct, it's so fun just listening to board artists talk about just the way that they work and what they're used to and their experiences and just like the layouts versus like drawing too much versus taking over the design aspect and things like that. And I am like, I'm doing my best to take all of it in so that like, I know what would make for a healthy board team and what wouldn't for like all, Mm. of course, depending on like what the show or the film is too, because I can only imagine that that changes those needs change per show and style of film. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah, It's very different between feature and TV. Cause I feel like TV uh, I forgot if we said it in a previous episode, but TV, the boards are kind of like, they're a creative document, but they're also a little bit of a legal document because this mm-hmm. is a way for the overseas studio to be like, well, that's how it was in the boards. So right. we are not going to do the mm-hmm. note unless you pay us more money. Right. So right. in that sense, there's like more writing on the board artist because it's kind of your fault if you didn't put the breakdown. <laughs> which sure, is sure, yeah. So what happens when you don't have an in 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 studio design or animation team to yes. be able to say here's the show model we all know this and we mm-hmm. trust you guys enough to take liberties and mm-hmm. take something where there's no face drawn on it and draw the best face for that circumstance. That's also a philosophy kind of thing because I personally believe that's my personal belief but I believe a- uh, you can write stuff on the boards instead of drawing it out. And then if it's written, it still works. Like you're right. like, draw the feet, yeah. walk yeah. across the screen. And that will take yeah. you three seconds instead of actually drawing the walk. <laughs> I, I usually I usually write like really cool drawing here. And ah! like, like, you know, like a stick figure. Just make it better. <laughs> I really love... cool, hot, sexy action drawing here. <laughs> Have these two people fighting, but then like looking at each other like they're friends, but then one kills the other. But like no specifics. Leave it up to them. But don't be creative. Them. Be creative. What do you <laughs> got? One one interesting way that I've seen things run that was a little bit different from other shows that I had been on is. Um, on on the midnight gospel, we would Gosh, board something. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, you <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I know. I, uh, know. I just have to say, I loved it. No, thank I, you. I, I, um, oh, so goddamn. We good. would we would board things, and even though the boards were clean, depending on like how much we wanted to make it clean, mm-hmm. um, during every step of the process, they were like, "We want you guys to add things that make." that you think is is fun so they they would add tons of fun new design stuff they even in animation that they would like maybe i drew like a like four zombies coming in sometimes the animators would have like a zombie swings in from the roof from the intestines coming out of their belly and (laughs) there's and and like and they and 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 so like the zombies walk in doesn't have to be four regular all the same zombies walk in it's like do they do two of them trip over each other does one walk Mm -hmm. in funny is one you know and 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 they were encouraged 
to do mm-hmm. to do that and to add things like that and and the designers it was the same way the backgrounds were like putting you know putting little things in the backgrounds all the time and it made i could tell everyone had more fun mm-hmm. and it turned into a a visually interesting show where i mean you can tell when people in a in a crew have fun i think i agree mm-hmm. i think i agree i feel like when there's a more if you're able to be less precious with an idea, if you have like an idea and you're like, okay, these are the grand themes, but I am willing to let go of like 40% of the creative, creative, like, like oversight. So people can have fun. I think it makes it a lot better for everyone on the crew. I I think that that goes back a little bit. I think that that goes back a little bit to that conversation we were having before about, uh, how much like when we work on a show what is it that thing what's that thing that's like even though we're working on it I wish I was working on my own stuff versus yeah um you like 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 what is what is it about our egos that make it feel like this show only has 30 percent of my true me in it and I'm sacrificing the rest and I need what I do to be 100 like Mm -hmm. like you know versus a moment like that where you know say say maybe Pendleton Ward is able to say hey like this is a show that we're all making you have fun and 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 put your own things in it Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take a step back a little bit and let you guys have fun even though this scene isn't what I had normally thought it was going to be you guys did some crazy stuff here and I love it Mm -hmm. and like it doesn't have to be, I, 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 you know, I just think that's a, it's sort of an interesting thing to think about. Like, what is it that makes us feel like we need to put all of ourselves in it versus, hey, like, um, I'm stepping back and this is a team collaborating on a thing and just trying to make this, this beautiful thing. And I can feel just as happy about doing that. And that's the difference between hiring a robot or crew of people yeah that's, that's true yeah. that's true and it's also it's worth so- saying i mm-hmm. oh sorry sorry please, you please go oh please. No, i was just gonna say i think it's just so important to let the people that you bring on to your shows and films tell their stories like you have to because that will so greatly influence the work that you're trying to showcase you can still have you're very important A to B, you know, A to Z, all fleshed out. But the intricacies of those, of whatever happens in your story is still up in the air, right? Like, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how. And so I've watched, and I'll tote back to Everett Downing and Patrick Harpin for uh, My Dad the Bounty Hunter. And also my own director, Alice, just the way that they listen and ask and 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 let others take the rain and talk and and take photos of like things that they're inspired by or showcase things that they're inspired by and the way that they get to know that their teammates it, it genuinely becomes a, a friendship more than just i am your boss it's more of like oh my god we're gonna work on this together and we're gonna make a baby and it's gonna be awesome and we're all gonna be parents it's gonna be great there's you can feel that difference yeah. without True. even, you know, saying anything. It's all about the camaraderie. It's all about how 
you know, your, your leadership outlines the morale of your group. And if they do it right from the get go, you're going to have a beautiful fucking time. And I think that I think yeah. everybody deserves to that. I also think having a flexibility. Yes. Having a flexibility of what oh. is what is right. There mm-hmm. is more than one version of what is right. Mm-hmm. And being I think that also um, being a good director. Thinking about that helps like there's more than one right way to do it. Yes. And if you're working with more than one person, there might be a you know, combination of parallel realities that are all right and cool but if you're really particular about it then everyone's going to be miserable (laughs) because no one's you no one's you no one could read your mind yeah that is so true that's something that has been really fun with pitching i've been thoroughly enjoying it and because it because it's like you're getting notes back about things that you know may or may not work as you continue to pitch and I think a lot of people can see something that I, I worry about with uh, the, the new generation of artists that are going to be coming into the industry, especially when they don't have the the, the wherewithal to know exactly what it's like getting feedback back. I, I, I'm concerned <laughs> that oh, no. people are going to see getting feedback as being combative, having to be extremely defensive, having to get feedback from a production assistant or a production coordinator when they're not even artists, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm. And I just want to tell people feedback is the best thing that you could ever get (laughs) because it helps move your assignment forward. (laughs) And it's like getting feedback for, you know, pitching and stuff has been so fun because it's opened my eyes to what collaboration can actually look like with your bosses mm-hmm. and how fun that can be. Like if you do it right, everybody gets what they want. You may not get everything that you want, but if you do it right, regardless of what kind of film or show you're on, you're going to see your imprint on, on you know, the, the character design that you worked on or the, the scene that you boarded or the background that you helped to, to you know, uh, uh, brainstorm. I think that if a team is run well, you know, and if it's run smartly, everyone will see their work in this on the screen and the final in the final end. Even if it even if it's like like uh, I designed a puffer jacket for this character and that actual puffer jacket design doesn't end up on screen, but that character isn't a bigger top thing. And I'm like, oh shit, nice. My decision making led to that decision making and so it's a win-win situation for everybody and uh coat big i i said coat big (laughs) (laughs) big the bigger the better yes (laughs) also people that give you notes that aren't artists are representative of the opinion of non-artists who are going to be taking in your content everywhere so Mm -hmm. like if someone who is on your production says something that like, you know, just looking at this, it looks like this. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, it doesn't look like this. Yeah. Like it, more than, more than likely, if you put that on TV, a bunch of normal ass people are going to be like, it looks like this. Yes. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Gosh. Oh my goodness. Can you ask me more questions? This is fun. And you guys left me. I'm on page <laughs> three still. And ah. y'all left me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you always have time to catch up. Yeah, we can. You know, what? I think that's a good time for us to kind of to kind of go into our patron um, questions. Uh, we have. Are there any questions for me? Do people like me enough yeah. to ask me questions? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've asked questions. Do you guys ever bring guests on for second episodes? Because can I come back? <laughs> I. You know what? I, we've had this conversation with a couple of guests. And I would love to do that. There's just so many people we want to interview, but that would be so fun. Oh, but we can just hang out and draw a few ones. Yeah. <laughs> like, draw. At, at one point before quarantine, we used to have like 30 people come out on a night. And it was, it was so cool to have like the, it was so cool to have new people in the industry, mm-hmm. like intermingling with industry professionals. And in my opinion, those kind of, relation uh, those kind of um relationships are are i think it's important for uh, i think that it's a symbiotic relationship where the new people need experience mentorship and teaching and old people need um life <laughs> like like, like we, we, we need to be reminded that this is an exciting thing that people are excited about and excited and, and be reminded of you know the the that feeling of when like when we first got into it like like the the young people bring that that grind set that they're they're, they're so psyched to be doing this and yes. then you know the jaded fucks out there that have so much experience to teach they yeah. can so i i love creating spaces like that where um you know like we i mean we were talking about pendleton ward before there there, there was a time when it, there was people who had never worked in the animation industry they were sitting at a table and pen had come and he was just sitting there drawing on sticky notes and people were talking and, and like, it's just a casual thing. And you realize that we're all just artists. We're just in, it, it, it's like, we're all just artists in like various snapshots of future, present or past, like yeah. as far as professional growth or whatever, you know? That's so true. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is cool. That's cool that you were also just kind of like inviting across like, like generation of artists and stuff because i feel like it's easy to just kind of stick to our circle so like that's the cool part about um... something something pretty amazing happened a couple of months ago over the summertime um i don't know if you guys saw it i'll I'll find a photo and i'll shove it on here there was um a day called a great day in animation and it was this fabulous gorgeous day uh curated by marlon west uh shout out to marlon i don't know if you hear this i love you uh <laughs> he's a uh, i believe he's head of vfx over at disney feature and is just you must one of the most beautiful souls in the industry and older older generation as well and um he had uh wanted to recreate this beautiful photo called a great day in Harlem. And I'll, I'll also, uh, I'll have both of those photos on here so you guys can see it. And it was the coolest day of my life because it was exactly what you were just talking about. It was a representation of the past, the present and the future talent in the industry. So far as the black artists in this industry. And we had, you know, talent as old as the Disney era, as the, yeah, as when he was alive, you know, we got to meet folks from that era and as young as myself and Kristen Garland, you know, and, and then everybody else in the middle. And it was a meeting of the generations and it was 
so humbling and awesome to see just this space of black creatives and and just how far we've come but how far we have to go and that's a whole completely different topic but but what you were just talking about completely reminded me of that day and 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 I'll hold that day in my heart for a very long time and you know that if if you're creating spaces like that or moments like that like you're creating those moments for other people like you're passing it, it down the line too mm-hmm. absolutely gosh isn't that awesome here i'm going to make a page 5 yeah. I, I found you guys. I found some. Oh. <laughs> I found some questions. Oh, you found your for questions. You. you love questions. Oh, you're gonna love this. You yeah. love questions, Bree. Uh, from our I love questions. <laughs> you love questions. <laughs> from our patron Joe Benson, if you had to combine and pitch a show based of an American and Japanese animated show, what would that show be? <laughs> How dare you know what I'm already doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would... Oh, boy, how fun is that to answer? So for me, a lot of my inspirations as a director come from French animation. French and Japanese mixed together. And um, I would create a mixture of Slice of Life. Because I love Slice of Life. It takes us, it takes us back to those days where we need to slow down. And it is just such a subvert from high action adventure, which are so well loved. But Slice of Life is something so special and quiet and easy and like comforting and soothing. So that's definitely at the top of my list. But on the other hand, because I I just love it all, it would be that fast paced, high action, kill a kill, you know, mixed with like just my own shit. And themes of like queer romance and deep space because I have an obsession with uh, the cosmos and mm-hmm. so that's that's what I would yeah if if you ever see me directing all of that is exactly what it would be yeah did I answer that question did I answer that yeah, question properly? I think that was great because <laughs> I feel like I don't know I'm I get a pretty good idea from what you were pitching as like you know, you you would have these characters that do have to fight, but also you show like the mon- mundane of what mm-hmm. life also is. Mm-hmm. I think that's really. I cool. would also. I think what's also really important too is to showcase. So, like, I'm from the Bronx, you know, and I would represent that. I would want to showcase the what what where I grew up. Uh, kind of looks like an animation like when spider-verse came out i was really excited about the background and environments and i was just like oh my god i know where this is this looks so familiar to me <laughs> and that's that is so exciting to see you know even if it's just a fantasy version of where you're from to have that on screen and as a person of color i really want to put forth you know strong female strong gender neutral leads on screen of color especially black characters and um for everything i create everything i direct that's exactly what's going to happen you know and so you'll always you can always expect that out of me uh to like tell those like really deep introspective stories uh like parental stuff like parents apologizing to their children because that is extraordinarily important and we don't see that very often Mm -hmm. um yeah, those things. I, I'd really hearken back to like my own upbringing and my own childhood and my teenhood and put those in stories because that shit's relatable AF, you know? I think 
our generation grew up on Ghibli, you know, mm-hmm. and instead of trying to recreate that, I would love to give the new generation something, you know, that is our Ghibli, if that makes any sense. Something that they can turn to when the days that they're not feeling so hot or, you know, sad or lonely or whatever. That's that's where my heart's at. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. And I think a follow up question to that from our patron Kitty Fries, if you had the chance to reboot an old show, which one would it be? A show that an old show that kind of hits all of these, like, you know, tones like marks that you just like, were telling us about. I would, this is obscure as all hell. There's two shows that I would redo. Uh, One would be Revolutionary Girl Utena. Oh yeah, yeah. When you were talking about- I would redo Utena. Uh, And then the other would be, oh Jesus, Sea Prince and Fire Child, I think is what it is. Yeah, that might be it. I would redo those because I love romance. My gosh. And I love bittersweet, heartbreaking romance. I would redo Sea Prince and Fire Child because I would definitely want to make people cry and like sob and break their hearts (laughs) over these two children falling in love and then dying in the end. Uh, but I think I would, I, I love to, if you're designing a beautiful environment, if you've got this team of background and environment designers and you're not using them to their greatest extent, like you're, you're flourishing out this world, but you barely show it. That's a, that's such a disservice to them. And so for me, I would, I would love to expand on these films. So like you could see more of the culture that we've come up with in the brainstorming process. You could see more of the background designs that's been painted or, or created painstakingly. Like I would expand upon those things, you know, stories, sto- sure, stories could change, but it's the visuals that I would change the most so that mm. we get more of uh, that, that uh, satiation, satiation. Uh, from watching something. That's what I would do. Yeah. And then I'd bump up the costumes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'd bump up the costumes. Of course. Ooh, we have a question on Twitter from at HasDraws. They saw your tweet about Netflix getting traction. I love the way you Oh, yeah. I said I would answer this one. Mm -hmm. And would like to hear what has been your best or one of the best experience in the industry. Yeah, my, honestly, almost every experience that I've had in this industry has been jaw-droppingly awesome. Um, I've only had two experiences that I, I wish I could not have gone through, but also I'm okay with having gone through them because I learned a lesson. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I think my favorite experience would have to have been working on steps and i think some people would think i'd say spider-verse and obviously that's at the top but working on steps at netflix would definitely be it for me because that was the first film that i went on where i was one of the first three artists we started right on the first day of pre-production and that is so important to me and has such a deep place in my heart because that team is family to me, you know? Mm. Um, I was asked a couple of 
like two months ago why I went back to Netflix for, you know, a couple of weeks after everything that I'd said about, you know, not going back to Netflix until I trusted them again. It's because that team asked me to come back. You know, there are some teams that you would die for. And that 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 team and my time on that team, I hold to a pedestal. Yeah. Spider Verse is second next, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah, I think the teams really is really what makes the um, makes animation special. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I I also I, and I would say Spider Verse not because of what the property is. Obviously, that's a given. It's super dope, but it's because of the people that I worked with and the the team Sticky Stoop. I know you're listening. I love you. <laughs> Uh, the team, the small character team that I'd worked with, you know, was just my favorite team in the entire world, I think. You know, I got to work with some of the most beautiful people, Joe, Jesus, Chris, Evan, just, it's, I just, ah, yes. (laughs) Everyone on that team. You know, from the character modeler to the 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 suit designer to the 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 sketching artists and all of that, I learned so much from all of them. And I, when I had initially gotten hired, there was this moment of holy crap! Look at this team. It is you've got fucking legends on this team. What do you need me for? And actually working on Spider-Verse taught me a very important lesson of it doesn't matter if you're going to work with someone who's been in the industry for 30 years or 10 years or two years, everybody has something very important to bring on that team. And you can do something that someone who's been on uh, in the industry for 30 years can't do and vice versa. And that's completely okay. You're not brought on there to be competitive. You're brought on there to work together and learn from each other. And that's what Spider-Verse taught me. Um, and that was such a valuable lesson. And yeah, I, and seeing, seeing all of my boys at Lifebox Expo and all of the selfies that we took together was just such a blast. I'll, I'll share that as well. You guys got to see these selfies. Holy crap. oh that's so cute yeah yeah i think that's also something that's really fun being able to go Mm. to these animation events and like seeing all your old like crewmates and stuff and hanging out yes yes yeah absolutely oh i love that question that kind of question always makes me think of like why i choose to love certain experiences on certain films more than others it's not that it was a bad experience it's just they taught me different things you know Right, yeah. I have this question from Instagram. It's about Clone High, so it's pretty interesting because mm. then you can talk a little bit more about what you did on Clone High. It's from yeah. at um, Onyx underscore Smomix. <laughs> what was it like to <laughs> Smomix? What was it like to design new Clone High characters? Did you design new characters, or were you just doing one? This one? I, I oh. just I just helped with one. Yeah. Ooh, did that give away too much? <laughs> No, I don't think. No, it's interesting it's, because I didn't know if you worked. If there's a character did. in the show. There's a character in the show. Spoiler alert! There's a character. Because uh, design sometimes does post boards or pre boards, so you have like two sides of design. And I didn't know if you did the development side of design or if you did the the post board, which is like taking from the boards, like the. Oh no, I didn't take from the boards at all. Yeah. 
No, yeah, they had me. They gave me. Uh, God, I, I really enjoyed helping. It was such a fun team. Ah, hi, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie Yost in the house. Uh, um, let's see. So they had they pulled me on. And they were like, this is the person that we want to design this character based off of. And then we had some talks and stuff like that. And then and then they just let me have fun. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was actually quite simple. And it was just, it was a super short stint. Three weeks, if that. But it was awesome, you know. And then I got a crew gift last year. And I saw the character on it that I'd helped out with. And I was just like... I work in this industry. There it is. <laughs> wow, that is so cool. Because my yeah. God, dude, it takes 10 years for you to see the stuff that you've put into the industry, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, when I was in Spider-Verse Such 2, it was in, it was before the pandemic. It was in 2019. So Was it? Yeah, it hasn't come out yet, but soon. Yeah, yeah, it was like that long ago. Gosh. Okay, but like, what are you going to wear to the premiere party? <laughs> Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I it's so, that's so funny. I'm I'm so boring. I'm just like I'll just wear a hoodie. Boring. <laughs> I just, so I'll just boring. wear comfy, just comfy outfit. I just wear no. Like, we yeah. have to dress to impress. We. I made this. You should let me make you something. You should let me dress you. <gasps> Honestly, that oh would be God. that would be a dream. Honestly, if you wanted to, I would love that. And then do it before and after TikTok. Yeah, I'm so down. I would love. I've never had anyone offer me. I think that's called couture. <laughs> offer me couture. <laughs> I'm down. Wow, this is so crazy. So I'm so excited for this. <laughs> how actually? That's right. How was Spider Verse for you in terms of like what what process did you get onto the film and and like was there anything that you learned coming off of it was there were there any like preconceptions that you had beforehand and then what you left with I think yeah I think it taught me a lot in terms of um, kind of like the movie structure because I came from TV. I think also, like always, I'm I'm a very cartoony person in my work. I just came off Thundercats War, which was extremely cartoony, and which I loved. Thundercats War was probably one of the most fun show I ever worked on. But so, and then Spider Verse is very different. Spider Verse mm. is very grounded. It's very realistic acting. So for me, like that was I was just I had to unlearn a lot of things that. Um, I uh, came onto the show with, and but you know, like there was like a lot of um, of great people. Everyone was like really talented, um, and I I met some great um, some great artists like um, Winton, who we're gonna have on the show next week. Exciting! I don't know you, but hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's really it's really fun. Uh, yeah meeting new people just kind of like and seeing how movies are made because i never worked on a movie before so i was like oh that's that's how they do it (laughs) Mm. um but yeah it was very early too it was very early it was very 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 early so i'm excited to see what it it's probably completely different now 
<laughs> We're like, I, to see what it's like I now. think it's different even after I left too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like that's how feature is, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You could work on the beginning of feature and then like three years later, like it's just nothing. <laughs> just it's everything just like, is completely <laughs> different. Yeah. What is this? I didn't I didn't work on this. <laughs> yeah, this is a different movie. There is one drawing I did though. There is one drawing mm -hmm. I did. We'll see whether or not it will end up in the final movie. But there was one I drawing I did that might make it to the final movie, but we'll see. Yeah. The single Ooh. one. <laughs> hey gosh, honestly, I feel like there's one one or two designs that I think might have influenced the designs afterwards. That's what I'm hoping for. And I, I'm also hoping to because I handed my work in for the book. So I'm, I'm like desperate. Like, please. I swear <laughs> you better end up in this damn book. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we deserve to be in that book, don't we? Oh, yes. well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's a it it is fun to like learn how the sausage is made. Are there more questions for me, please? I think we went through all the questions. That's this is <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, this is bullshit. I thought I was gonna get more questions. I love questions. That would have been so funny. Yeah. I'll take whatever comes my way. We have to yeah. keep making up new questions so Big you feel validated. Like we're like making them up on the spot. Like <laughs> Bree's so mad right now. We have to keep more... Oh, I found another uh, audience <laughs> question. <laughs> How dare there not be any more for me? Well, my question for you guys, what's your trajectory looking like? Uh, oh. Getting jettisoned into space for this gay, sexy, violent space origins uh, story. <laughs> no, um, uh, v, why, 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 you, why, why don't you I go, go first? first? Yeah, I talked. I talked too much this episode. I don't you feel talk. like you did. I feel like I feel like that was a good amount. I feel talking. like I've just been listening to two awesome people just talk, and it's been awesome for me. Oh, I, I think honestly, your your story about going to fashion school was super great, and like also how you went to like all the different productions. And I think we had like some really good conversation. But uh, trajectory wise, I don't know. I think. I don't know, you guys. I'm at a moment where I'm like, I think I, I think I kind of want to draw. Like, a, I think I need. I want to draw like a full comic. I want to really finish one comic. I'm also working on a short for Cartoon Network right now, which is, which is really fun. Um, so I, I'm, I really want to work on that. And I don't know. I like, I like writing. I, I also started writing for a show, so it's just kind of like starting to go more in that like. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It's it's That's amazing. It's really fun and it's also really scary because is like, it in a good way? <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. It like kind of all that matters. Yeah, because I don't know. It's so fun trying out. You know, in boards mm -hmm. when you have to pitch something, you have to draw it all out. And then yes. you're like, but I won't, but then you have a new idea and then you have to draw it all out again. But when you're writing, you can just type it and be like, mm. Mm, I could 
try something different and then you just delete and you type it again and it's so fast and i'm like (laughs) i I like the idea of v discovering that she loves writing by her realizing that when she was right drawing the boards she realized that when you write put a cool drawing here under the boards she was like that's my that's actually my favorite part (laughs) i like i like being able to just add like there's a cool drawing and it goes to the right (laughs) they they, they run to the right and then you're like um uh what if i just take the drawing the boards part out (laughs) yeah just don't draw drawing is like i love i love drawing so much uh do you it doesn't sound like you do i do but i think i i like i like drawing like stuff that's in my head you know what i mean like i like drawing my ideas something i hope to never lose is that when i start directing I I've been and I've asked around about this as well, but most of my director friends are are not in, inherently character designers except except for like one or two. Chris Nee is uh, also a character designer. Um, is uh, I still want to be a character designer even as I direct. Like I still want to draw. Mm. I still want to help out the character team. You know, I still want that. Even though I know I'll have obviously it, it, such limited time on that. But I, that is my biggest fear is actually losing the ability to still design characters. Mm. I think you could still, I think, I don't know. I think you get still mm. to do the fun stuff, which is like the yeah. first sketch, the first sketches. For me, that's oh, the absolutely. most fun part. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it's doing that very first, like all the doodles. That's mm-hmm. where, when I love drawing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when I get mm-hmm. bored with drawing is when I have to do the notes. Don't get bored. <laughs> I just. I get bored. I like to. <laughs> I like to yeah. do the first. What do you think is the most time wasting thing that could happen on a on a show or a film? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's when, for example, someone's like, "Oh, let's just do the sequence, but in another room." But the new room doesn't change the story. So it's just like you have to redraw a lot or they're like, what if we put the camera like, I don't know, in the other way, but it doesn't impact the storytelling. Then I'm like, oh, we're we're just kind of drawing stuff for, you know, that you're you're kind of like rendering something for people to check. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when they don't really, they can't, that's where I'm like, that's where I'm like an AI would be good because or like, you know, and then they could check if they want it in the living room or in the bedroom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just for the light or whatever. Because that's it. That's, that's kind of a sexy question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. My, I, I heard myself asking it and then I knew it would be like, oh, this is a. <laughs> this is the after hours part of the the uh, podcast where we talk about whether we want to go to the bedroom or the living room. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the the, well, the risque I... part of boards. Uh, but I guess I I, I kind of did a cop out answer for um, the trajectory question, so I guess I guess I'll give a give a little one. Um, uh, I've kind of gone back to like you know how sometimes you worry that like like can I still 
do the thing that I started out doing. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. for a while, I was directing and doing a lot of boards and making less shorts. And recently, I've been making an animated short every two weeks from start Good. to finish, like writing, boarding, animation. Um, thank you. And uh, <laughs> and that's been fun. And 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 that is leading to um, like I've I've pitched. Uh, the the people who I'm doing that for um, a, a, a TikTok web series, so it'll it'll be like the same, you know, a linear TikTok uh, mm-hmm. web series that's like one minute shorts. Uh, and ultimately, I I, I want to this year I want to pitch a lot more. I want to wow. get back to writing. Yay. I want to get back to pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to I want to take time to work on myself. I'm gonna finish my. I, I'm gonna finish finish my grammar workbook. I got Fuck I got yeah. one of those like one of those grammar workbooks because I, I I feel like I've forgotten most of the stuff that I was I've gonna learned. Say, are you bad writing. at the grammar? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, so I my my partner is a technical writer. Uh, like uh, mm-hmm. she writes grants, and mm-hmm. so and she's usually my editor. And one time she was like, "You write kind of like a little kid," oh, um, no, and and she didn't mean to, for it to be. She didn't mean for it to be an, an insult. She was just she 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 was trying to express that I write the way I talk, and yeah. the way I talk isn't grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, so and the thing is, me writing the way I talk goes. Uh, it it it's it's great for writing most scripts. Mm-hmm. I'm good at writing dialogue mm-hmm. because I can write how people talk, mm-hmm. but it's not so good if I'm writing a novel. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, For a pitch bible, it's good though. I feel like when I read your pitches, it's fun because I can hear it in my nice. head. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel Thank like you. when you read scripts or when you read scripts or pitches, you want it to feel kind of casual. Whereas kinda I guess fun, casual, yeah. Yeah, but I guess when you get to those parts where it's like you're like you know, and yeah. you know this is this is why. This is a show that you need, and I am serious mm. now, and I can talk like a business person. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I find. I've been. I've been mm, yeah, mm. No, no, please, please. No, I was just saying. I, I've I've been um, reading books on writing and just working on get because I can draw. I can draw for days, and I can world build, and I can write to a certain extent. Like I'm strong at writing short shorts. I'm strong at writing the things that I, as a lone animator have been able to do for my whole life. But when it comes to writing longer form stuff, I'm a little less experienced. And so I've been working on trying to level up mm-hmm. that stuff. And I'd love to dedicate more time to that. And then, you know, write, write some scripts and get to get to pitch in this year. And so that, that's all I was going to say. You, you can, you can go ahead. Something I really like to do when I am pitching or like writing out um, uh, my, uh, my my bible or my presentation i'll speak into my recording software and i'll talk i'll just speak like i am um talking to you guys trying to get the most authentic way that i can convey my message without it being too much you know without it you know breaking the character of who i am as a person you know because i never want i i'm so anti-code switching it's not even funny so even on those more serious notes, I'm still just like, I'm just an idiot trying to sell you my idea. <laughs> oh, <no>. Buy it. <laughs> Take 
my stories and make something out of it. Give me an award for nothing. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the most important thing is your voice. I feel like I think me personally, I don't mind if you write like a wee little bab, but that's mm-hmm. fine. That's oh, just that, well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's the end of this creative block. Brie, thanks for being our guest and sharing your story. Thanks for tolerating me. <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you. Thanks for our li- thanks to our <laughs> listeners. Follow us on Twitter at CRTV. That's uh, a little short kind of catchy way of writing creative block where we can ask uh, for drawing prompts and questions to ask our guests. Huge thanks to our editor Clemens for editing the podcast and Malik for helping us produce the show. If you love our show, then support us on Patreon. It helps us pay for things like the Google Drive, Zoom, and Clemens and Malik. Uh, Becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes. And AMA, we do AMA sometimes. It's fun. You should come and hang out. Click the link in the description of this episode. I've been your host, V. And I was, am, and will continue to be Sean. Uh, Keep being creative and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.